This is CT Startup, your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Now it's time to enter into a world of innovation, a world of human struggles, heartbreak, and achievement. And most of all, a world of wonder. Welcome to CT Startup. Uh, we are here today on this, uh, I would say a spring day, but it's not really a spring day. It's more of a, uh, you know, kind of a wintery mix. Uh, but with Bill Kenny from Meet.com, right? MeetROI.com. MeetROI.com. So, Bill, how's it going? It's going fantastic. It's really great to be here with you, Eric. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I, I guess the question is that, uh, you know, run me through, you know, where you are with me, ROI, right, uh, ROI.com right now, because I know you from like test my pitch, right? So, you know, last time that we talked and, and, and uh, kind of caught up, you're doing test my pitch. So tell me a little bit about that. Sure. And I, I will in the progression where you are and like, you know, a little bit about yourself. Sure. And so uh, I apologize that the company is actually meet, uh, but uh, the website is meet ROI.com. So they, all right. We, we all have that, right? You know, brands versus, you know, exactly. Yeah, but uh, what we do is help uh, growth companies, and particularly venture-backed growth companies, exhibit at trade shows. And so about half our customers are offshore companies that are coming to the U.S. and looking to uh, gain market traction here. And the other half are U.S. domestic companies that are, are looking to grow um, quickly. And so we're in uh, tech, uh, in energy, healthcare, and kind of loosely defined government services uh, in terms of our clients. All right, nice. So that so that's your your current venture. So tell us how you got there. Tell us a little bit about you and you know your your progression as an entrepreneur. Um, so this is a sixth company uh, that my wife and I have started, and uh, it, it may be due to some ADD. I'm not really sure, but uh, so we've kind of been in a bunch of different uh, industries. Uh, we tend to uh, really like. Um, uh, trying to find where there are gaps and and um, you know try to exploit them. The uh, for a while we we bought and sold some companies, so we uh, bought some companies that were uh, underperforming and did that as. Okay, so so are you a Connecticut re- resident? Are you a Connecticut native? No, or? I grew up in Massachusetts, north of Boston, okay. in a little town called Marblehead. So, uh, but I've been nice. here in Connecticut for twenty three years. So, yeah. Okay. So, so we're both. Bo- so it seems like it's you and your wife, right? It's a, it's a couple. You're you're doing your thing, right? Um, first off, you know, congratulations that you yeah. work or uh, seemingly. I, <laughs> I, it I can't work, imagine so. not working with her. We have that kind of relationship, so right. it's it's really good. All right, that's it. Nice, nice. So how did you guys get into it? I mean, like, what was it where did you guys first see this uh, failing company and say, oh, we can kind of come in and, and do something with it? It actually or? started, um, I, I think, I, I well, even in college, I had started some companies. Um, so it wasn't, it was something that, you know, kind of I've always been uh, aimed that way. I did have a couple of cor- corporate jobs uh, that um, convinced me more that it was the right thing to do. I wasn't a very good employee, so um, I think... Um, you self-select, uh, yeah, or or was selected, <laughs> either one. Uh, or was yeah, selected. but it, um, you know, I think the independence of it and the ability to um, you know to really determine your own destiny, I think a little bit is is really intriguing. Uh, besides the fact that you know you you have a lot more control, you make you know your own decisions and can kind of you know 
determine your path, which I think is really yeah. wonderful as well. Well, I like you know. Well, I like you know. Well, first off, I agree with the like your your own path, your own control, and everything like that. But it's also your own burden. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> There's a lot. A lot of people talk about like the, uh, the, yeah, Friday yeah. afternoons can be exciting for sure. <laughs> yes, it can. Yes, it can. So, um, so before we got on, on on Mike, we were talking about sailing. You know, we're right near the Connecticut River, and we we're talking about that. You know, that's kind of one of your passions. And you you grew up sailing, right? So, did you grow up like uh, doing the lemonade stand and, and doing the little businesses, or again, how did you fall into that kind of? Path? Um, yeah, I, really kind of creative. Um, I, so, some of it was kind of you know having ever starting sort of with paper routes and stuff like that. Um, uh, you know, sort of, and, and then having uh, ended up uh, doing pretty well in sailing. Uh, got on the U.S. sailing team and did that for about ten years, um, and that was kind of a business as well because we had to gain sponsors, and we actually ended up selling a lot of major U.S. corporations to to sponsor us. Um, and actually, some we had British Airways, which the British sailing team wasn't too uh, too excited that we had there. What about U.S. Airways? Why, why, why didn't U.S. Well, Airways not go a, for it? at that time weren't an international uh, flyer, and it, it all most of our events were overseas. So British Airways worked out really well, and um, but TWA helped us actually as well. Um, but uh, and that you know help, helped me kind of understand uh, developing a value proposition and stuff like that because you're. You know, it's funny, at, at that time, most people were raising money by going to the charitable side of corporations. Uh, and okay. we looked at it a lot different. We looked at it to say, what value can we provide? Because, you know, if you go to the charitable arm as, you know, somebody wants to go sailing, you're standing in line with people that are raising money for cancer. Uh, it's not, it's really hard. To, I had a hard time rationalizing that value proposition. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Well, well you're, you're hitting it where there, people are coming there with like the, uh, um, like the story, the real story of like why, how they're saving a life. And you're coming like, listen, right. I want exactly. to You know, as compelling as, you know, going to the Olympics <laughs> or something like that might be, the, what we ended up doing was really spending a, a fair amount of time uh, sort of diagnosing and talking to people that, you know, were, were d developing marketing campaigns for major corporations and, and really tried to sort of find out how we might add value to uh, campaigns. And so we found people that, you know, like for example, Polaroid, they had some film yep. that we used uh, actually to both in terms of studying our competitors, uh, in terms of assessing our own uh, our own uh, sailing and our boat setup and all that kind of stuff. And so we ended up writing articles that sort of promoted Polaroid film and it wasn't an ad, but it was you know something that showed a, a use case of of using their films, and so it was stuff like that that we could could do that you know and ended up um, you know really being a pretty good model for raising money. And now sailing, like when it comes when, when some people think about sailing, they think about like Larry Ellison right. going crazy bit down, like you know. Now these were two person <laughs> boats, so uh, okay. the kind of there's a boat called a 470 that's about uh, 15 feet long. It's been an Olympic class for couple of decades uh, and then a boat called a Flying Dutchman which is a little larger it's about 20 feet uh, but both are two-person boats one person at the helm steering and another person out in a trapeze uh, I was the guy on the trapeze most of the time uh, but it was like it's just a, a ton of fun are you so you're running you're back and forth, yeah you're crossing right, the uh, as you're tacking or jibing you're crossing the boat um, and you know kind of going out in the trapeze on either side so the only thing touching the boat are your feet so I, essentially yeah. okay 
So, so I could I could completely see why you like entrepreneurship because it's like that going back and forth, right? Teetering. Sometimes you know, it's unstable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. You have to it's hike out. You're really out for sure. Yeah, out. no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. So, um, so you know, did all the different routes to get you know uh, paper routes to all the way to some of the entrepreneurship ventures. So, so tell us the path. Um, so let's talk about test my pitch because that's how I I got introduced to you, right? So, so um, I would say that. Uh, through my foray into the entrepreneurship ecosystem in Connecticut, you know, through the accelerators, your name always came up as some, some, somebody that was doing some stuff like, a, you know, an entrepreneur that has been around, you know, uh, and so, uh, where is test my pitch? Cause again, I, I kind of reached back out to you to be like, Oh, there's something new, you know? So, um, so I was like, Oh, did test my pitch, have it make a pivot, but then I had to go to the website. Yeah, so tell me a little bit so about that. We've been at that for about five years and in, I would say it was probably, you know, 90% of our time for, you know, three and a half, four years, something like that. And uh, we've kind of, over the last 12 months or so, sort of reduced our time there and, and spent a lot more time with our, actually, it's, it's not really even a new company. We've been doing this for about five years as well with, with Meet. But so test my pitch. I, I think we made some mistakes. And, um, and so, uh, you know, we... We, yeah, yeah. What is it? Give everybody. Well, let's talk about it. So, what Test My Pitch is is, is a platform that helps entrepreneurs or students or professionals improve their communication skills. So, it allows an individual to uh, use a templated process to create a draft communication, and it it's all customizable to any curriculum or any any program. And then uh, they post it, and it, it can be written or videoed, and then they post it and can get feedback and it's all a closed system so they would get feedback from you know whether it's mentors in their program or uh, supervisors or you know depending on the context um, they'll get feedback and then they can do next version and next version and next version but the you know the the with um, with communication development uh, at least what we found is that it takes it's an iterative process not only from a drafting standpoint and getting the words right in terms of what you say but just as important as how you say it, because it's um, when we go, whether it's a self-introduction that we're going to say in networking, whether it's a pitch that we might give to investors, um, it's uh, it's also our confidence, it's our delivery, it's all that. You know, that's communication as well. It's the soft skills. It's like the soft skills. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's funny because right? you know, if you think of maybe the best metaphor for what it is is think of it as a batting cage for communication skill development, right? So a baseball or softball player goes into the cage before the games, okay. they, you know, probably every day, just like somebody would be shooting hoops, uh, prepping and, and warming up and getting better at free throws and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, but it, it's funny, we don't, you know, cause it, we've had a lot of application with a tool with sales teams. And, um, but it's funny people, you know, they, and it, the first thing we, we started doing was like, like with fin financial planning firms, they were using it to test their folks in terms of how they could do their self-introduction. And even people who have been selling, in, let's say, financial services for 20 years, their, their ability to articulate their value propositions were terrible. I mean, like on a five scale, they were we usually the first sort of uh, version that we would see from even experienced people was under a two out of five. Uh, and, and of course, after a couple of versions, then it, you know, you get up to the fours and four and a half and whatnot. But 
it's really kind of shocking and it's scary for people who are running businesses to go, oh no, these people are we're going out in the road for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a lot of for a lot of entrepreneurs and, and, and owners that even are like working in the business, it's sometimes hard to express their value proposition succinctly. And, and you know, so so even as, as owners, sometimes we have that problem. Um, and, you know, it is one thing when you start bringing on salespeople and everything, you're just like, oh, man, I have to teach them how to be just enthusiastic, but hit the right point. Also, so we forth, tend so. to particularly the deeper you get in a business, um, we tend to overcomplicate it. So it's a, I think a big part of it is, you know, keep it simple. So, um, so, yeah, so, um, so you, you obviously kind of started transitioning into me because so you're doing, uh, test my pitch for the majority of your time for the past few years, but you know, I guess it's like the Google, right? For so for 20% of your time, you're doing some other stuff. So how did me kind of come to, come to fruition? Yeah, sure. And, and again, so, what is so what so, me so. does is, is help growth companies, uh, exhibit at trade shows and, and, you know, we use the term trade show simply because it, it explains in-person events, but that might also be hospitality events. It might be uh, networking events, whatever it is. But and, and so we'll, there are really two archetype companies, you know, a growth company that is ideally sort of later stage and, and at that inflection point of growth where they're, you know, sort of ready to hit the market hard that we're starting to work with a few earlier stage companies and, and you know, with them, it's a bit different of a strategy because their resources are less and uh, their you know, resources, both in terms of time and money are a bit less. Um, but ultimately, the, the really cool thing about events, and we get asked a lot about, you know, sort of our events still relevant and, um, and probably the, the best way that I can rationalize how important events are is, you know, every other form of marketing we do in a, in a, in a business to business environment, because that's our focus, uh, is aimed at whether we have an, you know, an inbound marketing online strategy, whether we're doing advertising, whatever it is, all of those strategies in B2B are the goal of those is to get a one, a face to face meeting with a customer. And the cool thing about events is, is that that you're face to face. And so um, you've you sort of skipped a few steps. And if you do it right, the, the challenge that people have when they go to trade shows is, you know, if it's a let's say it's an event with 10,000 people and you probably only have somewhere between one and five percent of those people are prospects. Five would be really high. Um, and a prospect being somebody who has a need, money and, ur and they're urgent. Right. It's a very narrow, small definition. Um, but the uh, you know, nobody's pre-labeled those people for us. So they're walking by, they all pretty much look the same. Uh, and, it, and it's really um, the technique and, the, and the, the best practices really about how do you, just like you would on an inbound marketing campaign online, how do you get them to self-identify, right? As opposed to what most people do when they go to trade shows is they push information, you know, they sort of, they sort of draw people into their booth, um, anybody you sort of that breeze right they're giving away an iPad or something that's their their bait and that just it just we've proven over and over that doesn't work because the best you're gonna do doing that is you're gonna get sort of the the average attendee will stop by and that's not who you want you're on your website you wouldn't do that you give an offer that only your prospect is interested in and so a lot of what we do is really understanding who the buyer persona, the target buyer persona is, and then developing strategies specific to capturing them. Okay, so so, so, that yeah. okay, so, so 
succinctly yeah. that is exactly in-person, right. yeah. inbound. That's the way I describe it quite at right. events. Uh, but it right. usually takes right. a little okay. bit before people kind of go. If <laughs> I, I said that immediately, it would take. I'd have to back up that. So yeah, for sure. That's. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I, yeah. I get it because I used to do uh, trade shows a lot, and my pre before uh, trifecta. Um, uh, did trade shows and, and it was I did like construction but specialized construction that were again anywhere between fifty and two hundred thousand dollars right so big ticket items and so it would have been awesome to be able to get people self selected you know that I mean we try to do that online hey we're going to be there we're going to be there come in come and you know interact with us but people like at the show to be able to somehow have them already self select and f search for us so is that the kind of thing where I don't know, again, is it just the booth that you're interacting with or the entire, like, event? Because I could see how, like, on an event standpoint, that could be interesting, you know, but as a, as a, as a booth, like, how do you get them to just, you know, walk in the door and be like, oh, I want to go to the As you said earlier, place. we're near the water. Let's imagine we were going fishing, right? So the first thing we would do before we went fishing is we determine what we want to catch, right? We'd say, you know, do we want to catch tuna? Do we want to catch salmon? Do we want to catch a striped bass? You know, what, what is, or maybe we want to catch some freshwater fish. We want the right bait. We want the right lure, equipment right? to support on what that okay. outcome. And so think of the people going down uh, an aisle in a trade show is fish. There are, there are a variety. There are, there are varieties. Wow, I'm just I'm just making I'm just making them just but, like. But you have to put the right bait in the water the to stop the fish because you want ideally you want the fish that aren't aren't your target to keep swimming, right? That's and 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 that's exactly what. Well, no, for sure. Just don't waste my time. Right. Don't waste and, my time. And, or and, eat, or and, eat my bait or so nibble on my bait. You know. There may be a couple of sort of thoughts here. So number one is having bait that corresponds to the fish you want to catch. Two is get the salespeople out of the booth. The, the, the most common thing you do is put salespeople in the booth. So think of a sales conversation in, in, a, in a booth. It's at least 15 minutes minimum. So you can't have more than 32 in a day. So if it's 10,000 people and it's a couple-day conference, you're not going to really filter through that many. You want a much simpler system to filter through because the job of the booth is to find prospects. No, no, not to close because... B two B, you're not going to close people at a tra tra trade show, right? So yeah, I mean, you're not selling mops, right? Uh, <laughs> you're not selling that whatever the chamois is. Um, so uh, yeah, so the the it's it's prospect identification. So the salespeople are in one on one meetings outside with people who are already in the funnel. They're um, maybe retention or uh, maybe they're uh, partner opportunities. So they're having at the trade show. So at the trade show, so that means that the the their well, you might and do some matching the at the event, but well, ideally it's all preset because then then their agenda is filled with high quality meetings. With so think, okay, so the B two B is that there you could do inbound well, marketing before you already have a sales that, pipeline, that, that right? Kind of so so and then, yeah, and if you're doing the right thing, well, then yeah, you've true, got right. some they people that are going to be at the show already. That, that you have proposals out to that are, are you know current customers that you can do some retention conversations. Your best leads come from your current customers, you know. Then and you could say at the show, hey, what who of your peers should we talk to here, right? I mean, you can uh, okay. get really good connections there. And then of course you're going to have some um, if you're going to the right shows, you're going to have some partner opportunities there. So the sales team, the sales executives should be in those one-on-one -on -one meetings. 
And then, because you think about the, the efficiency, right? Instead of having to travel out to see people individually, everybody's th there and you might as well take advantage and leverage that time. And then in the booth, you have people that are expert on transactional conversations. So you have an offer, you have an, it's, it's, so it's a one to two yeah. minute transaction. <laughs> so you're having hundreds in a day versus, yep. you know, somewhere around, you know, 30. So it really just comes a, a, a time management. This comes down to time management and being able to f get as many prospects within the door. Especially again, some of these trade shows again, thousands and thousands of people, and and yeah, I, again, ideally, yeah, to, for it to be to, for it to be good. But again, you can't even if you have 15 people in the in the booth, like that's still only X amount of it, it's that's, a person. So right? I'd say it's a couple another of steps. Person, One is have the right date, so forth. So corresponds to the right because it, you know, ultimately yep. it's. Think of it like almost like a billboard, right? You're driving down the highway, and half of the people that go, that go to trade shows are introverts, right? So their eyes are down; uh, they're not they're not engaging. They're moving. So they're they're, they're yeah, right. So point. they're partially they're just the engaged. So you want something that's so obvious when they walk by and offer that they go, wow, I, I recognize that problem, I, I have that problem, I need a solution there, whatever it is that causes them to divert course and come in yep. and find out. And essentially, you've, the people in the booth are, we would position them as enrollment and engage, or engagement and enrollment experts. So they're people who can, you know, is this of interest to you? You know, okay. if you give me your card, yep. we'll get you signed up and, and you'll get the... Yeah. Or, or, or to like set up meetings. Hey, can you yep. do this meeting? Can you actually lock them down sometimes? Because I know that's what I used mm. to do. Is that we'd actually lock them down. Can, you know, we'll right. be at your house at this day. I mean, obviously, it was selling you know home improvement stuff. But you know, at the end of the the day right. for us, it was always yeah, lock and, down and a date for us to talk you may, again. And there may be people that jump so steps, and that you'll definitely have. You know, it's maybe one and right. And but ultimately, yeah. you want to get them into well, whatever again, B2B, your B2B, B2C is a little system different. Is. So you know, they're they're yeah. I like mm. that lead nurturing. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people don't like say that because it is it is a nurturing thing where is it you bring them in, you can't scare them away too fast, you can't jump on them real too quick. You got to provide value well, I mean, to them for them to even want to stay. Hooks, right? To, right. You know, so we and, and, and ultimately, it's, you know, it, I, yeah, using a lot of <laughs> yep, terms here, yep. it sound like you're trying to trap people, but the you, you really want to. It's a process of building trust, right? So um, people aren't going to set an appointment with you until they yeah. feel it's worth their time. And, and especially at a trade show, they have a lot of, a lot of other objectives. So again, all your, the goal of the booth is simply to identify of the 10,000 people, which ones by name are prospects. That's all, if, once you've got that, you're, you're successful. And so, yeah. you know, the, most people measure their success at, at trade shows by the size of the stack. We, and, and, and we'll come back with, big stacks, but the quality is so much different when you have the right bait. Cause you know, again, if you give away an iPad, there's no qualification there. You're, you know, yeah. you're not, you're not doing anything that's differentiating or separating out your prospects from the general attendee. There, there's usually, there's usually two types exactly. of mentalities, quantity well, and, and, over quality and, and, and quality over quantity. The sales you know? cycle this is, this often is, it, is right? quite long. So you have to go with some early metrics to sort of measure, at least get some initial sense of success. But oh, you have and then, to, yeah. you know, obviously over six, 12, 24 months, you can start measuring sort of the revenue that comes in from that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and B2B sales, I mean, it really is something where it's a long tail. I mean, there's a lot of people that fall off and then come back and you're like, oh my God, you're, you're still around, you know? And it, and, the, and so it's always just continually keeping up with them, saying hello, how's it going? And uh, just keep on interacting and trying to, to provide values. Because, you know, a part of inbound marketing is I'm going to provide value to you. And at some point you're going to be like, wow, I want to buy what you have because you've yeah, already provided me you so know, much the, value maybe that, one thing you know, that really you're the, you're the choice bring home the idea of, of how you can, you guys, it's interesting, I think, to, to, to look at events as an isolated marketing strategy, but it's really when you integrate them with an overall strategy that they that can become really powerful. And I'll, I'll give you a quick example. So one of our er, earliest clients, um, when we met them, uh, they, uh, we kind of went through a whole bunch of questions and, you know, it's kind of the onboarding process. And what we discovered is they had, they had a variety of modes of marketing. They had a e-newsletter, they were doing webinars, they were doing some events, they had some other, uh, you know, doing cold calls or doing all sorts of stuff. And, um, and they were all, they were all independent. So they looked at them all as they, they would position it that every single one of them, the goal was to sell people, even though they were B2B, that, that was kind of how they looked at it. We, and so we started asking questions. We, so with the webinars, how many people go to those? Well, it was like they were doing them weekly, which is amazing frequency. And they were getting like five to six per webinar. So not a high average, uh, you kind of even question, is that really worth it? But the cool thing was they were closing 50% of the people that were coming to their webinar. It's unheard of. That's an incredibly strong B2B close rate for webinars. So from that, we said, okay, what if we, what if we sort of take all of the sort of early stage things that you're doing in terms of prospect identification and just use those to point people to the webinars, to enroll and engage people in those webinars? And we started doing that, and, and, and now... They have 50 people a week going to their webinars. They're still maintaining a 50% close rate. Think of how that changes your sales. The efficiency is so much different. So it's, it's again, it's, it's sort of, um, it's really important to look at, you know, all, all, the, all the marketing sort of uh, techniques as an integrated uh, sort of mechanism to, to cause those conversions. And, it, and that's really, as I say, lead nurturing. That's... Yep. Really, a lot of what we're what we're working on. Yeah. Mm. Nice, nice. So, how did yeah. how did you you make the jump, right? How did how did you you almost like switch the roles? Cause again, because test my pitch isn't dead, right? It's just kind of on on kind of you know uh, autopilot, I guess you can maybe say. So, where how did how did you make the the switch, and where is me going right now? And you know, what is what is the you know, who um, are you looking for? Yeah, what yeah sure. Are you so, uh, yeah, with Test My so Pitch, forth. we have customers lot, lot from question, Saudi Arabia <laughs> to San Francisco <laughs> to Brazil is sort of our triangle right now. And that, yeah, this kind of, kind of autopilot. Yeah, there's a lot in between. A big ocean, too. But, um, that covers uh, a lot. So, I'm in, yeah, in yeah, making yeah. the transition, so my background, what kind of got me into this, and, and I, so I, I've been an exhibitor for a long time with several businesses. Uh, and then I actually got to run trade shows uh, for a while. Uh, one of the trade shows I got to run was the Connecticut Business Expo, which probably some of some of your listeners have been involved in. I ran that for four years, actually. Nice. Yep. It, it, uh, yeah, it's been in the convention center for, I think, the it was the center? first event in the convention center ever uh, when the convention center opened. Um, and um, okay. And so, yeah, uh, nice. the thing that I found when... Um, 
I, in the in the better businesses that I've been involved in terms of starting, um, or the ones that we tend to do better, I, I've had all the roles, um, which is kind of a, it's a funny thing. So, you know, being an exhibitor and then going to hosting uh, 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 exhibit type events or trade shows, uh, and then consulting, it's really given me a perspective because one of the things we, we would always see in running trade shows is how much people were leaving on the table in terms of, you know, sort of not getting the most out of it. And we aim to do some education and, and really try to help our exhibitors and sponsors do better. But, um, you know, in doing this business, uh, and I thought it you know, kind of worked through it and did a lot of customer discovery before we started it a few years ago. Um, but the... Uh, what we're really finding is that there, there's just uh, the more sort of people we talk to, the more they go, wow, we really need that. Or actually our best leads now are coming from venture capital firms who are introducing us to all of their portfolio companies because it's a huge pain. And of course, when you're venture back, there's a, even more pressure on growth, right? It's just, just not... Growth is a well, and it's pressure on growth is a little money, you know, so I like it, the dual, It's one thing like if you need to pay the mortgage. Right it's a whole other thing if you have a venture capital firm or a variety of investors who are essentially driving that as well. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Well, Bill, thank you very much, and it was a great, uh, great talk with you today. Oh, totally my pleasure. Thanks, Art. Yep. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. Finally, we would like to thank both Sublime Exposure Online and Mirtha Kalima for providing resources and space to CT Startup, which make this show possible. See you next week.